Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, winter warmers, robotic diners, and we have part two of our interview with Nick Elston. So, um, take three of The Kindness Project, start The Kindness Project this week, because first time the washing machine was on so i had to go and turn that off the second time i called the washing machine the dishwasher when clearly it's a washing machine so i had to start again he was too embarrassed but now he's revealed himself anyway that's the problem with embarrassment and and then before i'm I'm having one of those days because before the uh podcast i was trying to be generous to my laptop and accidentally fed it some hot chocolate Mm. um so i'm I'm sure i'm sure future laptops that can actually eat will be a Sorry, Android with food processing function. Why? Why would we give a computer a food processing function? What is the point of that? To make it more realistic. What do you mean? Because just to make it more realistic. I don't know. I was just thinking about like lonely old people, and we give them androids that can eat dinner with them, so they don't. Why why do you? Why do you, why do you want an android to eat your dinner? I want to eat my dinner all to myself. I don't want to waste food on an no, android. Sometimes you just don't want to eat alone, and having someone there with you, even if it's a robot, and you know it's a robot, might be less lonely. Sometimes I don't want a robot pinching me food. That's what I don't not want. Pinching your food if you give it food. I'm not giving it food. Would it starve? No. It, oh well, cool. It doesn't it eat food. It doesn't need the glucose, it? but yeah. it, it might be able to process it. Yeah. I, listen, I'm quite happy with a way robots as they are not eating me dinner so i'm gonna try and avoid that but i actually i on a cold winter night i actually love a hot chocolate i don't it's one of those drinks i don't have too often how about you it's one of those drinks i have too often <laughs> <laughs> you you know what you drink quite a lot of hot chocolate don't you i'm a hot chocolate and tea gal yeah. like I have a favourite hot chocolate, I have a favourite tea. I also have a favourite flower now. Would, would, New information, guys. I'm so psyched to have a favourite flower. What's your favourite flower? Dahlias. Dahlia? Why dahlias? Have you seen them? They're so pretty. Are they? Yeah. I don't really worry that much about the flowers, but yeah, as you, as you said it, that might be good. Have you got a favourite hot chocolate? Yeah. What? The Caramel Galaxy one. I've only ever had it once, but... You're joking. Is a Caramel Galaxy hot chocolate? That sounds amazing. You know what? I've got to reveal at the end of the podcast. We are actually last week. The question of the podcast is what? What was? What's your favourite chocolate? The lines, if we had lines, the email, the Facebook, the Twitter went absolutely mad. People loved telling us about what their favourite chocolate is. Chocolate. And maybe, uh, maybe the. <laughs> what was? What was that? Sorry, can you just repeat what you just did? You just went chocolate. It no is now reason. my new tasty battle cry. <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> I don't. I, I've just got this image of you <laughs> running with with your school tie around your head. You you Lord you, of the Flies Lord style. Lord of the Flies style. Chocolate! <laughs> yeah, just running into Tesco's. Chocolate! Oh, Can you the hot please? Chocolates at Tesco's are really nice. Can you please call security? <laughs> <laughs> it's just one Chocolate! Because the Tesco's close to us, it's like a little one. 
There's just one man close to the door, and I'll slow down on the way in, give him a curt nod and smile, and run straight <laughs> <away>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, are you are you directly advocating shop? <laughs> No, no. <coughs> I'll run to the chocolate, pick it up carefully, take it to the self-checkout, <laughs> pay for it, stuff it in my pocket. Chocolate! <laughs> right. Th- see, this sums you up, right? Half rebellious, <laughs> but also quite well behaved. I'm going to run in, shout, chocolate! <coughs> and then I'm going to quietly walk up to the aisle, pick up the chocolate, pay for it, and only then and only then run out going, chocolate! <laughs> Love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, the question of the podcast, chocolate, <laughs> isn't chocolate related. It's related to musical instruments this week because Sophie's got a new musical instrument. My youngest daughter's got a new musical instrument. She's got a clarinet. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And clarinets, I've found, are quite noisy. But they are good fun. You used to have a saxophone. I did not. What did you have? I used to have a trombone. I also used to have a flute and I now have a ukulele. Yeah, and we've also got a piano in the house, haven't we? And can we play it? Can we not play it? We just we we haven't properly learned, apart from you and the ukulele, one particular instrument. So the question of the podcast this week is chocolate No, sorry. (laughs) The question of the podcast this week is... Have a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> is... You're okay. No. Uh, question of the podcast is, can you play a musical instrument? If so, which one? And if you can't, which one would you love to play really well? So we'd like to know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the tambourine. Could you play the steel drums? Yeah. I used to love the steel drums. You know what? I once had an opportunity to play at the Notting Hill Carnival um, steel drums, and the um, the practice was too far from home. So uh, I was a good steel drums player and missed my chance to play at the Notting Hill Carnival. Um, You've been big, mate. Screw financial advice. Steel drums. It's true calling. Just. Just imagine, right, like a sliding doors moment where I could either be a financial advisor or a professional steel drum player. I mean, I don't know what's... the Olympics, mate. What, is a steel drums player? Play at the opening ceremony. Could do. L- my life's not over yet, Charlotte. I'm like... It's what you might decide to do with your retirement, I, mate. I, might, I might. I might do it in a couple of years. Professional steel drums player. I might take up steel drums in a big way. What are you going to do when you retire? Who says I'm going to retire? <laughs> I will Still work till, I'm, till I die. Uh, that's what it feels like at the minute, doesn't it? Because you are in in exam mode <gasps> all the way up yeah. to well, the summer. Uh, th- this Today I was informed that I have 60 school days until my exams. So that's 12 school weeks and that's 106 school at 106 days until my first actual exam, which is weighing on me a bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got, I've got, I've got a similar sort of time to the actual marathon and an actual exam. So we are going. We might be the podcast in three months might sound like this. Welcome to the kindest project. <laughs> what is going on with our lives? Um, <laughs> We might need the kindness project actually to keep us sane. Like, 
but we might have to do it while I'm uh, running a race. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the only like, thing. You take the mic with you. <laughs> we'll, we'll be on our conference call. Yeah, exactly. Just like, so, uh, you got an intro. <laughs> yeah. really can I, can I, when I finish the marathon, can I just run across the finishing line going, chocolate? Can I do that? Do you reckon that's allowed? I want to get you that printed on a shirt for you now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, um, and I'm thinking as well, instead of I might get a new set of business codes printed, all branded for the financial planning business, but just with professional steel drums player as a job title. <laughs> what do you reckon? steel drums playing also included. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the financial advice is expensive. Steel pl- drums playing you get for nothing. Um if you pay for the financial if you, advice, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Away. We're not giving you away free steel drums unless you pay for the advice, my friend. <laughs> no way. That's expensive. We need to get you some steel drums first. Maybe that's your next birthday present. Oh, you know what? We could genuinely we could set those steel drums up, up in the garage. We could get like we four sets of steel band. family steel drums band. That sounds amazing. You can have steel drums. I'll be on my uke. Yeah. They're both very We got the piano. We need look what we need to do is is learn how to play the piano better. That's what we need yeah. to do. I mean, we but can, we'll we see. can start a hip hop band. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> can I be Josephine and you be the Artisians? <laughs> Our listeners, come on. If you if you don't know who Josephine and the Artisans are... I thought it was the Artisans. Josephine and the Artisans <laughs> are. Uh, I clearly don't know who they are. Chocolate! Um, uh, get, get some of them in their life. They are on Spotify. Their song, Invictus, combines opera and rap. All in of a their way. songs combine opera and rap, pretty much. But, but Invictus is, is an amazing, amazing... Uh, thing now before we get on with the show shall we tell our listeners where they can get in touch with us oh yes twitter at ola kindness facebook we have, there's a search bar thing i mean i don't know if you've ever seen one of these before but i found them absolutely revolutionary <laughs> so you type in the kindness project and we come up we appear in the kindness project you just you just google us and it does the same thing and um, email? Email, know. yes. Ola at uk forward slash chocolate. No, ignore the last part. Not forward slash chocolate. Um, I was being silly. Um, yes, yes. I think I covered them all. Uh, okay, good stuff. Ask and Jeeves. Uh, ask Jeeves. Uh, Frederick United, I don't MySpace. know. MySpace. So, now, <laughs> now we've done that, should we get on the show? So, in our latest segment, Happy News... Happy News, mate. <laughs> is, that, is that the best you could do for a jingle? Happy News, mate. Happy News. <laughs> that sounds quite a lot like kindness <laughs> news, but less inspiring. In this week's version of Happy News, I want to tell you a little story. Um, cuddling can help wounds heal faster. I know that. Good. Let me tell our um, let me tell our listeners. According to research, cuddling can help heal both emotional and physical wounds. Positive social interactions, like when we hug, kiss, and cuddle. Uh, no, don't do that with strangers. Result <laughs> in the increase of oxytocin, which makes us feel better. It's already known that oxytocin evokes feelings of contentment, reduction of anxiety, and feelings of calmness. 
and security when it's associated with new mothers. Uh, but it also has a number of other functions and benefits for both men and women. It helps reduce social anxiety because when our brains release oxytocin, we're more likely to have an optimistic outlook on connecting with us, others and trusting those around us. Cuddling can also lower our blood pressure and heart rate, which in turn reduces the risk of heart disease. So next time you're giving a friend or loved one a hug, take a deep breath and embrace it. Do not do it with strangers. So, so long, long story short, science says hugging good. Find a friend, squeeze them tight. Thank you for summarising that. I didn't need to do that story. I should have just <laughs> said, can you summarise hugging? Find a friend and squeeze them tight. That next bit of uh, happy news is Trashman builds a uh, free library out of 20,000 books found in bins. 20 years ago, a trash collection man, Jose Alberto Gutierrez of Bogota, Colombia, found a copy of Leo Tolstoy's Anna Karenia in with the rubbish in one of the wealthy areas of Bogota. So he decided to rescue the book from the trash. Jose has now collected over 20,000 books that now make up his own free library in, in his home in the poorer area of South Bogota, which he opens to community children and weekends. Aptly named Strength of Words, the library provides local children with a host of reading resources and Jose hopes to inspire young minds. I love that story. A free library. Do you want to summarise that one? Bin Man collects books, gives them a home in his heart and his actual home because, you know... <laughs> <laughs> gives them a home in his actual home. He's not... Where did the heart... But also <laughs> opened his heart to the children of Bogota. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he did. Anyway, that's it for uh, Happy News this week. So this is the part where we interview somebody really amazing. And this week we've got the second part of an amazing interview with a guy called Nick Elston. Nick talks about anxiety to audience, audiences all over the UK and all over the world. We all um, go through our own mental health challenges. And Nick shares some stuff that might be useful to help you cope if you're going through mental health ch challenges currently. And that's why we wanted him on board. So... He talks about that, and also he um, answers some of our famous questions of the podcast. Um, so, do you think, like, and, and going back to that authenticity thing, do you think one of the things that helps you reduce your own personal anxiety is just being more open and more honest? And do you think that's potentially a technique that other people could use? disarming truth is that I tell people exactly what's on my mind yeah. and therefore it's not in me causing me a, and he, I, you saw me do this at the conference actually in the conference because it's my first kind of financial well-being event I was in my mind I was thinking like eh, this is going to sit and all these kind of things go through our head and within three minutes like I said but the first thing I said when I stood up was I'm anxious right now Yeah. who wouldn't be I'm just about to bear my, my soul to a room full of financial services people like that. but actually the process of me telling people that put me at ease immediately and it yeah. actually made people know that it's going to be a genuine talk yeah because it's and, out there isn't it it's just out but there it is, it, but the again it's, a, it's another conditioning thing that we fight against that we, our natural response in that situation would be to just talk faster which we run out of breath 
they get more anxious. Actually, we take that step back and we tell the truth, and actually, suddenly, the pressure's off. Yeah. And whether I'm speaking in front of 20,000 people or 20 people, I still get the same. It's like two minutes, 38 seconds of anxiety, then I find my flow. Always yeah. the same. Because we create anxiety in the thought of doing something, but not for doing it. Mm. When we're actually doing it, we're fine. Yeah, you, you're in flow, we're aren't you? thought of doing it. Yeah. You know what? You, you made me think now because the amount of times when potentially over the years somebody's asked me how I am and I've turned around and gone, I'm good or I'm doing all right when I might not have been. And, and I reckon I've probably done that hundreds of times over the years if I'm being, if I'm being honest with myself. I reckon, I reckon I've done that a lot more than I'd, 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 I, can, I can remember today. Thanks, how are you? Everything. Yeah. Say you're rubbish. Is this, it freaks people out to my chronic. It's just, it's, it's sweet. It's <laughs> yeah. Sweet. You don't want it in your life. So. How are you? Absolutely shit today, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? I'll just say it, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, actually, that I, like, what you'll find is if there's people that actually know you and want to support you, you tell them that, they'll support you. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I, I still, uh, and again, this this podcast is about kindness. So we talk to people yeah. who are good all the time. But most people, I believe, are genuinely good, kind, nice people if given the chance. You know, we've all got our stuff that gets in the way. So I yeah. think sometime, sometimes just those barriers are under the assumption that people aren't going to react in a positive way, but I think most people do, right? Um, so help me understand what you do to maintain your own positive mental health and what you talk about in your, in your, um, in your speeches to help other people maintain a, a positive mental health. <laughs> Sure. So I think for me, the first major thing is recovery. Um, if I've had a busy time, I need to schedule a lot of recovery. Yeah. Um, I travel by like train and plane a lot because actually it gives me some time to do that in. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just, like driving or something like that. So, um, so recovery is important. And the, the thing that people get wrong about recovery is this: um, is actually I'm an introvert. So given the job that I do, I'm always out of my comfort zone. And therefore, I need to be recover more. Yeah. An introvert recharges in their own company. That's a true definition. Yeah. An extrovert recharges in the company of others. So actually, if you're an extrovert, IFA, working in your office all day on your own in your bedroom, for example, that's going to really cripple you. You need to go out and be around people. Whereas with me, when I'm around people, that's when my energy starts to go, to decline, because I'm giving everything I've got. Gotcha. When I come away, I ring fence my own time. Yep. So that's yeah, the first yeah. thing I do. I, I think that the, the biggest kind of um, kind of conditioning hack is to never assume anything. I think, and that happens a lot. Um, what happens with speaking, actually? And um, the question I get asked the most is, oh, "What do you do when you get heckled?" I've spoken at thousands of events and never been heckled once. Yeah. But our, the thought of it means that we think as soon as we step up once, we're going to get heckled. Yeah. So the way around that is, I start to I use journaling quite a lot. I write yeah. down. I, I know you can, there's an argument to say you can do it for everything, and that's great if you can, but I don't need to do that, I feel. I need to keep a journal of all the stuff that um, has troubled me. Okay. So, um, I write down everything that's made me anxious, or stressed, or anything like that, and I, I'm always making notes to go back, like, two weeks later and check and see if what's actually happened. Again, is that 
continual process of proving yourself wrong, finding yeah. conditioning. Yeah. On day one when I did this, welcome to GAD, I had 128 entries. Right. And of those 128 things, none of them happened. I think Mark Twain says some of the worst things in my life never actually happened. Yeah. But based yeah. on what I said just now, when we think anxiety, we, we damage ourselves with anxiety without that thing even happening. Yeah. So we're carrying around thousands of things every week that are not going to happen. Yeah. It could be assumed uh, kind of outcomes to conversations or pursuits, whatever that may be. Yeah. So it's, again, it's what I call reality checks. I, I use something called brain hacks. Brain hacks are great. Okay. Basically, it's all about breaking your conditioning to the way that you want it to be. Sure. Sure, I I I like I know I know you told that story at the conference, and I really enjoyed your explanation of just saying right, let's revisit that those 128 things, and when you realise consistently that the stuff you're worrying about never happens, it starts to yeah re-engineer your brain. It's a it's a really interesting one. It's really, have you ever had anything on that list actually happen? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think, uh, then again, you've got that kind of thing like confirmation bias kicking in. You, in our, our negative mindset, is looking for proof that we're going to be right. And actually, yeah. if we find it once, we'll find it everywhere. So, um, but rarely, to be honest, rarely does anything I'm genuinely anxious about. The stuff that tends to get me, the stuff is the stuff I don't anticipate. It's the stuff that blindsides me. Yeah. It's like when my tula, my dog fell ill. Yeah. Me. I don't know when I was in hospital last year. Like, just all the stuff that you can never kind of anticipate or assume. That's the stuff that gets you. So it's I've, not the stuff that we foresee. So Nick, I've, I've just got two two questions on that. Um, both that involve the travelling you do. So number one, um, you're sitting on a train or a plane, and somebody starts a conversation does that does that then sort of break your recovery to a certain extent because you want that alone time yeah i don't i'm not a great social person on yeah. uh when i'm traveling yeah uh what what i tend to do is i've, I've usually got my airpods in i'm listening yeah. to some music i'm doing very kind of introvert things and most people don't tend to no interrupt somebody and they've got headphones on and it, bombs to undermine them. Mate, that's pretty rude if somebody asks you to take your headphones out. We yeah. <laughs> How dare you? And uh, and and just like somebody tells that Chris, I'll let you know I'll come back on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, if I ever see you with your headphones in Nick, I promise I won't interrupt. Um, and number two, who looks after the dog when you're away? Because we do a decent amount of travelling, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure we we found a really decent dog sitter. But who, who has the dog? So my dog, um, my wife is a she's an HR uh, manager for a company, but the company's based very locally. Ah, right, okay. Um, or we, we do have a dog sitter as well, Emma. Um, and uh, yeah, but so the problem with Tula is uh, my dog is that um, she needs medication at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Okay. So um, she is definitely a consideration. So most holidays we take, she comes with us. Yeah. Um, she's basically like a, our little fur baby, really. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But it is, it is, like you say, it's a consideration. Um, yeah, definitely. She features in most of my talks anyway, as you know. So. Yeah, and I love it. Um, like, I, I, know, I know you speak very authentically, as we've said. Had, do you find, when people come up to you um, at the end, uh, and, and, and to be honest, Nick, I've got to give you a massive apology because I, I loved your talk so much, I just came up and gave you a cuddle, which must have been the weirdest experience in the world. So, no, mate, I love that. So apologies for that, mate. I love 
Yeah, all right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to infringe on your personal space. You know, just give it, give it. Uh, but you are quite cuddly, so I didn't. I, I quite enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Do you get good hugs too? Thank you, mate. Um, but what do you, what do you find most people identifying with and sharing their own experiences about? So most people, the reason why actually it becomes more than mental health, it becomes very much more about personal development and inspiration, is because. Yeah. People uh, have lost the knowledge that actually the, their happiness is in their own, own hands, it is in their control. Yeah. We yeah. surrender that very, very easily and we give ourselves reasons why that's the case. Um, the, the second most elevated, popular kind of question, I guess, is how do I help my husband, wife, brother, whatever they may be, the people that are closest to us? The sad truth is you can. The closer you are to people, the harder it is to help them. Yeah. They see you as a different role in life. They yeah. see you as a husband or a wife or a father or whatever that may be. And even myself. So, I mean, given I talk about what I talk about, people that are close to me, I, I can't help. Be, um, and they know I can't help because they see me as something else. They see me as, I don't know, Uncle Nick or brother or that kind of yeah. stuff. So, that's why I believe that the real power is in active signposting. We keep the reason why we, I think the same in the business community, the reason why we keep people with mental health challenges, mental illness challenges is at an arm's length is because we feel the need to fix people. We, we don't, we don't have to fix anyone. If people want to be fixed, they'll go to a professional. Yeah. They just want to be heard. I think we've got a responsibility to get very good at actively signposting, to get very familiar with signposting some of the time to change mental health champion, a signpost to mind the mental health UK, back into the initiatives being laid on by the organizations I work with. So lots of different things I actively signpost to because that's my responsibility. My responsibility is not to fix everybody. Um, as a natural empathic person, uh, I struggled with that originally because I basically took everybody's problems on when they were, yeah. when they were sharing at the end of the session. Sure. Um, but it's interesting uh, because I, I, I was going to ask you a question saying if you had a friend who was suffering from anxiety, what would you recommend somebody to do? And I suppose, as you say, the the natural reaction is to... Um, is to try and help but potentially the 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 first step to any of this is just being there to listen yeah is to listen um, is to signpost um but also um to to generate something conversationally so a lot of people that will go to my talks i said the best way for you to tackle this is not to say to somebody close you say you've got a problem it's to say give them the handout that i give out in all my talks to say look oh i saw this guy speak today have a read of that what do you think and actually you're not making it about them and actually they may not read it yet but in their own time they'll read it it's the same with kind of books if um, if you've got kind of kids that are struggling with anxiety yeah. the, there's a book by dr steve peters called my inner chimp yeah which is an illustrated version of how emotions are and delivered and, and sometimes struggling with and that kind yeah. of stuff. He's the author of The Chip Paradox, which was hugely, hugely... Yeah, love that book. ...kind of development, so. Yeah, I love that book. That, that, that book started me on a path of having a bit of a amateur sort of uh, psychology interest it was uh, it, it's an amazing start and there, there's so many good and and, it, and the fact that it's all evidence-based and 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 just takes you down the path of learning so much about how the brain works it's uh, it's absolutely amazing um 
tell me a story about how your speaking and coaching has impacted someone someone else. What 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 story epitomises the work you do that you're most proud of? So I think um, it's, it's really really interesting. I love the word interesting, by the way. It covers up. I can tell. <laughs> Synchronicity, Rob. Literally today, I've been designing a new slide deck for my speaking academy, which is tomorrow. Okay. And the first image that I put up was of the, the, the photo of the first group that I'd done. Uh, and it was only in the start of the year. And of the 15 attendees, um, seven have gone on to launch their own businesses. Oh, great. Three have gone on to be professional speakers, as in they get paid to speak. Yeah. Um, and there's a, and a couple more just had a lot of personal empowerment. They made big life choices because of something they felt confident in the power to do that. Um, so for me, it's basically empowering people to live a life on their terms. And I yeah. think that's, that's the real kick that I get from working with people, um, is that especially with the speaking academy stuff, because that's the thing we're afraid to do. I think I'm, I mentioned it just now that the, or at the start of the, the podcast that Harvard did a study and, and public speaking was a bigger fear than death. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, we worry and we get afraid of the fear of ridicule over and above dying. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I mean, it's just nuts. See, it's, it, it's, it's a weird one because I quite enjoy public speaking. I, 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 I don't do it professionally. I do it through... Know, promote the work we do but um certainly i i quite i quite enjoy it but as you say most people are uh, are not fans of it i think the interesting thing for me is that environment you've created in that room that people instead they, they may come along to learn how to become more authentic storytellers but they're making big life choices <laughs> off the back of that environment which they feel they can they can feel authentic that is that's a massive thing isn't it yeah huge um yeah. what would you reckon the great even from even from a Sorry, Chris. Um, even from a, a business kind of or networking or sales point of view, if you can intertwine your personal story around your offering, service, product, whoever that may be, it, it provides you with a unique selling point nobody else on this planet's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your story is your story, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. But again, we're afraid of doing that in a business context because actually we don't show ourselves. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, 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 the, I think part of my challenge is is I'm a bit of an oversharer, Nick. So like any any opportunity to talk about my girls or or the podcast, which isn't related to the business at all, or um, or or anything else as opposed to as a, as, a, as opposed to like sort of the day job. It's an interesting one, but I think I think interestingly when we meet a lot of and i don't know you probably you've probably got a bit of a broader experience than me when we meet other financial planners and other financial services people more generally there's an inclination that like authentic isn't professional enough and i think that's absolute nonsense do you know what i mean you need to just you know you know yeah 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 and but i I think we've got in our sector we've got a lot of work to do with that yeah. yeah, define professional. <laughs> the, 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 term, the just term means you get paid to do something. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, you could, there's also something to be said. You could lose clients on the back of the stance you take on your brand. Yeah, but true. But actually, um, that's 
that's a stance that I was willing to take and, and still do. Um, but the truth is, I've never lost a booking based on the fact that I wear the cap and jeans. Yeah. 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 But the, the, the narrative in me tells me that I would because yeah. I was in, in an industry where I had to wear a suit every day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but, but interestingly, I, I, I suppose if you are going to lose a client because of that, is it the right client anyway? Don't know. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, what, what do you reckon the, the greatest miscomprehension about anxiety or OCD um, is? Sorry, Chris, you repeat that. Just the line broke up. So what, what, what's, the, what's the greatest miscomprehension? What, what, what do people think they know about anxiety and OCD, but actually it's, a, it's not true? I think that there's, especially with OCD, there's a, a trivialisation of it. So you've, you've got programmes like OCD cleaners and stuff, people just say that they're a bit OCD. Um, doesn't quite work that way. You could be kind of highly attentive to something without being obsessive compulsive kind of thing. Um, but I think generally, I think anxiety can be can be can be really kind of um, masked. I think that sometimes it's a nervous energy that drives us, and especially in the environment that you work in. Um, it's the same with law when I speak in, in kind of law firms in, in London and in capital cities and stuff that it tends to be that kind of race to the bottom effect. It's the kind of like they who leaves first loses. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so actually, we're kind of encouraged to keep that. And actually, it's the anxiety and stress levels that kind of really um, mounts up to take on that burnout kind of breakdown. Um, yeah thing that you see a lot happening in, in, in those environments yeah no fair enough um before we uh share with our, our listeners where they can find out a little bit more about you one of the things we always do on the podcast is uh every every week we have a question uh and we are okay. we are at episode well look by the time this goes out we're probably be, going to be at episode 110 or 112 so we've got a lot of questions we've asked our listeners um uh, and they range from the absolutely sublime to the completely ridiculous. So I just, I just thought I'd, we'll have a little quick fire round, Nick, to, to ask you, uh, ask you some of these questions. Um, if you could be any character from one of your favourite books, who would you choose? I'm a fan of Terry Pratchett. Oh, Sam Iyer. Yes, high five. Yeah. Um, I love the Discworld series of books. So for me, um, it would definitely be a character. Uh, I quite like Mort, uh, Mort uh, the character in there. So maybe Mort, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, bad, uh, uh, Good Omens was an amazing book as well. You know, the one he did with Neil Gaiman. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I remember uh, starting to read Terry Pratchett as a, as a, I don't know, probably fifteen, and um, yeah, I've got all his books at home, and then I, I sort of, I graduated to Douglas Adams, and then like graduated to Neil Gaiman, and just went through all those like fantasy, comedic style yeah. books. Love it, absolutely love it. Yeah. I, I did. Well, well who's your who's your favourite author now? What are you reading at the minute? To be fair, it tends to be still if I go to kind of um, which is like non-personal development stuff. It tends to be Terry Pratchett is my go-to. Still. Ah, yeah, still. I end up rereading um, a lot of that stuff. To be honest, I don't read as much as I should. I end up taking the easy option and just like watching telly or something. So yeah, um, usually when I go on a holiday, I start to read stuff. Yeah. Um, but and then I 
think, you know what, I'm going to read letters when I get in, when I put the Kindle away, never get it out again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it comes out when you buy the pool. What, um, what movie in... <laughs> What movie inspires you the most? Sorry? What movie inspires you the most? Oh, good question. I, there's two. Um, the first one was um, As Good As It Gets. Yep. Which is a Jeff Nicholson film. Uh, about OCD, funnily enough. Um, and it was about kind of how he lives his life around obsessive compulsive disorder. That's an interesting watch. Um, so that, that's definitely on there. And there's another one, I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's about the, the kit man in Stoke City. Okay. Wonderful. I think it's wonderful. I'm not sure. Um, basically, like he was, uh, in this true story, he was taken on by Lubakari in Stoke City as the kit man. And he's uh, basically going into kind of how he lives his life and his approach to things. Good watch. Oh, cool. I'll, 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 I'll take a look at that. Um, we, you, sure you, I'll probably be found out on that, but there we go. No, 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 it's good. Um, yeah, we, we have a bit of a weird experience on the podcast that the ones that we think are the most innocuous questions are always the most controversial. So I'm going to ask you two of those from the early days of the podcast. <laughs> What's the world's best biscuit? Yep. Uh, chocolate hobnob. Oh, I don't. You know what? I don't think we had that as an answer either. Chocolate hobnob. Okay, cool. Um, and what's <laughs> the what, what's the uh, what's the world's greatest muppet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I reckon Fozzie Bear. Fozzie. Oh, inter- interesting choice. Interesting choice. Clearly wrong. I mean, it is animal, but but I'll let I'll let you. I'll let I'll let. <laughs> I'll let you have one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me let me ask you a couple more before we go. Um, what uh, you mentioned about sort of uh, loving a bit of telly. What are you binging at the moment? What's your Netflix or iPlayer binge? So I'm uh, re-binging because I've binged on it a few times now. The uh, The Office, the American. Office. Ah, yeah. You know what? It started. The American office started off as a bit of a carbon copy, and then it went to a different level, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it went on for a lot longer. What I like, it went to each of the characters as opposed to stay with the main one. Of yeah. Um, but I, I just think it's kind of like chicken soup for the soul. You can put it on; it's just easy watching, and it's funny and stuff. And I quite like that. I, I, I know. I think I watch a lot. It's um, Family Guy. Oh yeah, very good, very good. You know, have you seen um, oh what um, Afterlife, the new Ricky Gervais thing? Yeah, well, I saw the first. I'm not sure if the second one's out, but I saw, I saw the first one. Um, yeah, yeah. But same as kind of the up film, like kind of like burst out crying. Ah, oh, <laughs> I tell you, yeah, I, that it's a, it's a really great show. Yeah, I mean the right the writing in that is just absolutely amazing. Um, what's your What's your funniest travel story? Oh, I think it's got to be... Um, I went away with um, my wife years ago on holiday. I think it was to Greece or something. Okay. Went to a water park. And uh, as you've seen, I'm not a small guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I put, my, put my 
off onto one of those big inflatable rubber rings, and I was going there just for like massive mountain rapid. <laughs> Fell off halfway through. So the, the tire came down into the pool. My wife wondered where I was, and I was bobbing up and down in the middle of it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, and and um, if you had if if you had complete control of time and money and time and money was unlimited what would you spend most of your time doing so if money was no object what would you spend your time doing good question if money was not i would definitely buy my club bristol rovers okay um, just they need it for a start <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as a proper as a proper fan, right? As somebody who, who how long have you been a yeah, supporter? As a proper fan. Proper how, fan, yeah, just basically do the things I think would be a good idea. Yeah, right or wrong way. Cool. And uh, the last one, which is actually this week's question of the podcast, or or it's going to be, uh, it's going to be one uh, coming up soon. What um, what's your favourite song with a person's name in? Thank you. <laughs> a good question I've got an answer to as well. Um, see, I'm a big country music fan, so I'm okay. kind of really, kind of really racking my brains now for somebody with a maybe a bit of Jolene. Uh, uh, you know what? I love that song. That is one of my favourite songs of all time. You know what? I, that, the weird thing is, I came I came home the other day, and, and Dolly Parton's got this new thing on Netflix called Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. Now I haven't watched it; it's not really my bag. But Cassie was watching it when I was I came home the other day, and um, uh, I I was ready to write it off as uh, just a little bit too. Um, sentimental for me, and then Jolene kicked in, and then I'm then I'm hooked, Nick. I'm there. I'm I'm, I'm loving this, but yeah, that was yeah, that that is that is certainly an amazing song. Well, um, how did you get into country and western? My mum was a big country music fan. Okay. So growing up, um, if country music television had just come over to here on kind of like Sky or satellite, whatever yeah. it was then. Um, and yeah, I just really got into it. And my, my kind of my um, my idol's Garth Brooks. He's um, been doing it for a long time, obviously. So he's kind of uh, yeah, he's my go-to kind of guy. But any country music, every year I go to London to the country to country music festival, see all the big acts from over from the US. Amazing. It's good fun. Cool. And um, where uh, where can people uh, find out a little bit more about you? Simply, so if you just go to nickelston.com, so that's N I C K E L S T O N.com, um, and then all of my stuff and social links and everything else is on there. Amazing, thank you so much, mate. I've really enjoyed that. No, Chris, thank you, mate. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me on. So that was Nick's interview. Let's move to the end of the show. Tis the end of another podcast show uh, <laughs> so it is the end of another show but you know what we need to talk about Charlie! because last week's question of the podcast was um chocolate related it was 
What's your favourite chocolate or confectionery? Chocolate um, limes. And, um, no, no, nobody said chocolate limes because that is disgusting. <laughs> um, but we did, um, we did have quite a lot of people give us answers to this one. What do you reckon was the most popular answer? To the Galaxy. They have great but variety of flavours my favourite is their caramel well you know what we didn't talk about last week Hot Kit chocolate. Kats in Japan because <gasps> Kit Kats yes oh my god matcha tea I didn't really like the sake ones no. but that's because I'm not a big fan of alcohol like at all yeah so um, the chocolate show was um, we got a lot of answers and a lot of comments on this one so let me go through it uh, Mike Christie said dairy milk the bigger the better yes Johnny Piper said Toblerone big one I said it's a theme <laughs> I said it's a bit of a theme Mike and Johnny oh, chocolate <laughs> Mark O'Halloran said I love a Kit Kat didn't say a big one, but I'm assuming he means that. Roberta White said, this is my kind of question. Anything chocolate, but I do love a Linda Gold. Um, Judith Hedgin said, I can't have dairy, so right now it's either Bourneville Orange or the Galaxy Vegan range. I didn't, didn't realise they did a vegan they range. They do. They are very good with their variety. Sarah Robinson loves a star bar. Star bar? Star bar. <laughs> or an orange lint. Stevie Dan loves a, a Stevie Dan from the gym. Steve from the gym. Hello, Steve from the gym. Hey, Steve from the gym. Loves a galaxy. Tamsin Kane loves Maltesers. Mm. And then she's put, um, but I, I also love a curly whirly squirly. Oh. I've never had a curly whirly squirly. You know what? What's the difference between a curly whirly and a curly whirly squirly? I think the curly whirly squirlies are the bigger ones. Big. <laughs> there, there is a general theme. Big chocolate. You know what I just realised? No one's mentioned a Terry's chocolate orange yet. No, not yet. But that's, that is generally a Christmas thing. Mark Newman said, it's a Cadbury boost by a long, long way. Tracy Kinchella said, said, a dairy-free one for those of us with allergies. Sean Acton said, star bar. Kamal said, too many to choose from. Sneakers, Maltesers, Aero, Dairy Milk, Galaxy After 8, to name a few. <laughs> Why don't you just try narrowing it down a bit, Just Kamal? go to the office. Um, <laughs> just go, to go run into Tesco to go, chocolate! Sam Willis said, definitely a whole nut. Caroline Thompson said, Cadbury's giant, giant, big giant. again, chocolate buttons. Francis Barrett said, Milky Way Magic Stars or Crispy Rolls. What's Ooh. a Crispy Roll? Or Crispy M&M's. Do you know, you know those like they're chocolate logs and they've got a little cream. Inside. Oh, I know, yeah. Mm. John Cook said Maltesers, 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 with an honourable mention to the peanut butter chunky Kit Kat. That's oh. a good choice. Becky Coe said Jelly Popping Candy Creations Dairy Milk. Heidi Ball said she loves seasonal chocolate, so Christmas trees and Easter bunnies. Doug Bennett said Revels. Mm. Al McCann said, one answer, whisper. I do love a whisper. Mm. Daniel Searle said, Ferrero Rocher. Now, I learnt the fact of the weekend. The man who makes Ferrero Rocher is the richest man in Italy. He also makes Nutella. He does. And Tic Tacs. Mm -hmm. And Kinder Eggs. I like Tic Tacs. Um, Patrick Floyd said, a picnic. Um, and Amanda Smead said, Flake because it's quite sexy. 
Is it? <laughs> well done, Mandy. Whatever you do with your chocolates, it's up to you, mate. Um, <laughs> Carol, St- <laughs> Carol Staunton said, and this is one. This is the only one I actually disagree with on the entire list. Turkish delight. Don't like uh, Turkish no. delight. And on that note, my friends and chocolate lovers out there, because there's quite a lot of you. Um, Good on you, mates. <laughs> It is truly the end. Go and enjoy some chocolate and we'll see you next time.